0: I met a young woman a few years ago who was a new Christian and she was talking about praying and she said she prayed over what to do and I said to her, then how do you recognize the plan that is from God when it comes? Ideas come to us our own flesh. Ideas come to us from devils, and ideas come to us from the Spirit of God showing us God's will. Devils are exactly opposite, of course, to God's will. But how do you recognize which one is God's will after you pray? God started out with me by showing me. God's yoke is easy and His burden is light. So if anything is overly hard to do, overly expensive, I pray again asking God to show me His will. James 1.5 says, If any of you lack wisdom... Let him ask of God, who giveth to all liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. The promise of God. If you don't know what to do, pray and ask God. It shall be given you what to do. James 1, 5. At the time I was born again, I owned a small business in Dallas, Texas, American Indian Arts Business. After I was born again, I would pray, asking God to show me which art objects, which pieces of jewelry to purchase when I went out on my buying trips. The way He led me is I would just seemed to have a great interest in an item and couldn't walk away from it. God also showed me to get out of debt. I didn't know how to do that. So, of course, I prayed, how do I get out of debt? And he showed me to stay out of debt, just operate on a cash basis. But how? How do I get out of debt? I had allowed a woman to loan me $6,000 for merchandise. I probably had a couple of thousand dollars when I went on my buying trip after I was shown to get out of debt. I was planning to use that for merchandise for my business. Mostly we sold jewelry, sometimes we offered pottery, but most of our money came from jewelry. I went on a buying trip to New Mexico, and I was in a business in Santa Fe that's owned by some friends of mine. They had an old Navajo rug lying on the floor. We did not sell rugs. I didn't know anything about rugs. But I really liked that rug. I just couldn't walk away from it. It was $500. So I bought it. I took it down to Albuquerque to a business in Old Town. and. There was an elderly woman who worked for them who was one of the best Navajo rug appraisers in the business. So I took it to Edna, and I told her I paid $500 for the rug. And she said, Well, Joan, you really lucked out. Most of these old rugs are worthless. But this is a good rug. And she said, Right now, it's worth $1,500 at least, and it will go up in value. So she said, when you get back to Dallas and put it in your shop, price it so it will not sell. The day after I returned to Dallas, a man came in to buy jewelry. But he looked over at the wall, and he saw that rug lying there, rolled up. And he said, what is that? And I said, oh, that's just an old Navajo rug. I just brought it back. And he said, well, let me see it. And I said, oh, I don't think you'd like that. He said, well, let me see it. I unrolled it, and he walked around the rug, and he looked at me, and he said... How much and without any hesitation I said $5,000 he said I'll take it and started writing out a check I was horrified I was an honest business person I never took advantage of my customers I made a fair profit but I never overpriced anything I tried to talk him out of buying it because I knew it was overpriced. But he insisted. He was writing out his check. So he handed me the check and I said, well, here's what I'll do. I will not cash this check for at least a week. In that week, if you decide for any reason that you don't want the rug, Just bring it back to me and I will hand you your check back. I never saw that man again. I took that $5,000 and put $1,000 with it and paid off the woman that had put the money into my shop. And from that point forward, I lived debt-free. At one point, I had a accident with my old car. Someone ran into the side of it. I looked at new cars and I decided to have my old car repaired. A Baptist woman said, oh, her dad gave her that old car and she wants to keep it. But that was not the truth. The truth was when I looked at cars, I did not have enough money to pay cash to buy a car, but I had enough money to pay to have the car repaired. God's yoke is easy. His burden is light. Years later, I sold my house in Texas, and I was had moved to Colorado. I had a 25-year-old car and was considering having... It reupholstered, and I heard something from God by the Holy Spirit. Or you could just buy a new car. I was shocked. I'd never thought of buying a new car. And then I said, you're right, I could, because I have the money in cash from the sale of the house sitting in the bank. And I could take a portion of that money and buy a new car. And I felt very strongly God was showing me a better way to go for that point in time. Also, I had faith to go that way. I was given a dream in the night showing I bought a new car. And I had faith that I wouldn't need all of that money in the future. So. The following day, I bought a new car. I believe God showed me the better way for me to go. But I didn't have to go in debt to do it. If I'd had to go in debt, I would not have done it. Because I think God showed me to stay out of debt. God's yoke is easy, and His burden is light. And I have used that scripture to measure things that I have heard from God for many years. Is this an easy yoke? That's in Matthew chapter 11 at the end of the chapter. Start at verse 28. Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. In James chapter 3, we are told how to recognize Ideas that are fleshly or from the devil and how to recognize ideas that are from God. Let's look at James 3. Start at verse 14. But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not, Against the truth. This wisdom. Descendeth not from above. But is earthly. Sensual devilish. For where envying and strife is. There is confusion. And every evil work. One time my cleaning woman came to me and said don't you ever feel you have to keep up with the Joneses? And I said, what? And she said, don't you ever feel you have to keep up with the Joneses? And I thought about it, and I said, no, I don't believe I do. At that time, I was driving a 25-year-old car, and I don't think I knew anybody that had a car that old. I didn't feel like I had to drive a new car to impress anybody. If they were impressed by a new car, I'm not even sure I would care to be around that person. I certainly didn't buy apparel to impress other people. I just bought modest apparel, as Paul said, for a woman to do. There was one time that it became fashionable to wear this garment that it looked like it had a slip showing up at the top of the neck. One of our church members wore it. I saw it and I said, How can you wear that? That looks like your slip is showing up at your breast area. How could you wear that? She said, But it's the fashion today. I said, Paul told us to dress modestly, and I don't think she ever wore it again. I certainly never saw it on her. Dress modestly. But as far as trying to impress people, I don't think I did that in my normal life. I had to pay more attention when I was on stage having ministry meetings. I tried to look nice. But I didn't dress immodestly. So in James, if we are trying to outdo somebody, if we are striving to get ahead in the world, and dressing it with expensive apparel is earthly sensual devilish. And there will be confusion in every evil work in our life. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated. God's yoke is easy, his burden is light full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. When I moved to Colorado, I needed to have some work done on my sound equipment. So I called a dealer in Denver, and he began telling me he could do such and such and such and such and such and such, and and he had done this and that, and it got so complex. I knew he was not the person that I needed to set up this equipment. When something is overly complex, I have a beware sign in my head. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, Full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. And if it, there's any type of hypocrisy in something that I'm getting ready to do, I know I don't have the way of God. So stop and pray again. I think you can tell the voice of God if you belong to God. I find that when a thought or an idea is just a driving, forcing type idea. You've got to do this and you've got to do it now and you better do it fast. Those are devils. Mostly God gives me options. Like, or you could just buy a new car. Which sounds like a hard yoke, but I had the money for it. Because I just sold a house in Texas. Let's look at John chapter 10 for a minute. Start at verse 27. Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. In verse 5, he says something that's very interesting of this same chapter 10. It says, The sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him for they know not the voice of strangers. So we have two things. The wisdom that's from above and the description of the ideas that are from God. Pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated. And we have the statement that the sheep know the voice of Jesus the voice of God and they won't follow a stranger but will flee from a stranger for they know not his voice thank you for allowing me to share with you today